the IZ Robot Stuck at Home Show. Hey kids, it is me, your little friend, Sarah Burr, the Sausagetarian, sitting in for your dude, IC Robots, for another episode of the Stuck at Home Show. By now, you know what this is all about. Yeah, it's one where we're all stuck at home, we're avoiding the bug, we are waiting out, ready to get our vaccines, maybe we've gotten them, etc., etc., etc. We're just making the most of life, which you should do regardless of any circumstance, right? I am ready to open a box now. I have a package I got. What is this package? It is... It's not a toy. It's kind of a toy for me. So I'm going to tear into it here. It doesn't have... Can you hear that? There's no tape, so a knife isn't going to be particularly useful here. Man, this is turning out to be a little trickier than I thought. Oh, i got to use my brute strength. Good thing I've been slaving away, right? Doing my... That's probably not an appropriate thing to say anymore, is it? Slaving away. I have been working hard, and I haven't been slaving away because I've chosen to be working hard. I've chosen to be working hard, working at work, working out, all that stuff. Okay, kids, we are a lot closer ah, to getting into this box. It's a little heavy. It's dense and heavy. That's because it's... Whoa! Did you hear that? Okay. This is a metal meat grinder. A meat grinder. It is brand new. Why am I opening a meat grinder up on this show? This is made by the ChopRite company. ChopRite 2 Incorporated, it says. Made in the USA. Made in the USA. That's pretty sweet. How many things are made in America now? Here's the little sheet of paper. What does it say? It says to wash it before using it. That's great. I'm not going to use it just right now. And I want to see what metal it's made out of. That's probably on here somewhere. I'm guessing this is cast iron because it's almost too heavy to be cast aluminum. But it is also nicely coated with something. So if it is aluminum, you don't have the raw aluminum coming into contact with the meat. That probably means I could put this in the dishwasher if I wanted to, although I would have to further investigate the instructions. Why do I have this? Let me tell you. I also am the sausageitarian and I have talked about not eating meat because I believe when I first guest hosted, I opened up a vegan cookbook and now I'm opening up a meat grinder. What is going on? I am reviewing meat grinders for a cooking website and I have Eight more packages of meat grinders in the basement. I've already opened them up and I know what which ones they are, but I haven't actually cracked into the inner boxes yet. So this one I'm excited about because I've never used a hand grinder. I have only used electric meat grinders. I have a KitchenAid attachment uh, for my KitchenAid mixer. You put the grinder on there and use it. And I've used that for grinding meat and making sausages and we wanted to review some hand grinders too. We ordered this, the company, the website I'm writing this for, right? That's who I'm talking about. We ordered this from an Amish catalog. Actually, I believe it's Mennonite. It's called Lehman's Hardware. They are in Amish country here in Ohio. And if you go to this store, which is for everyone, it's not like you have to have a bonnet or a black flat hat and a beard to go into this store. They have a ton of really cool old-fashioned cooking tools. And this is one of them, right? So Mennonites do use electricity. Amish people run things on battery power because they don't want to be part of the grid. That is, that's a subtle difference right there. But about a lot of homesteady types enjoy this Lehman's hardware store. 
And I knew they would have some good hand grinder options for us. Like I said, I was excited that this one is made in America. It is not that large, right? I can, but it's so heavy. This thing is really intense. It screws onto the table to stabilize it. I'm in my sewing room, which is not where I'm going to grind meat, but I am going to screw this onto the table right now. And of course, there's the crank on the side. Do, 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 do. I really do need to investigate this a little bit more before I start playing with it. This is going to be pretty fun. I wonder how easy it'll be to grind meat by hand. I believe you need a really good quality grinder. This one seems like it'll be it. So the proof will be in the pudding once I grind some meat. Why do you want to grind meat yourself? What What is the point of even reviewing meat grinders? Why, why own one? Why do I have one? There are two main reasons you might want to own a meat grinder. One is for food safety. Let's say you like your hamburgers done medium or medium rare or rare, or let's say you want to eat some beef tartare, which is delicious. I've had it before. You want it to be super freshly ground. That's because bacteria is on the surface of meat. And when you grind the meat, you are mixing it up and exposing tons of surface area that can make a home, a cozy home for the bacteria to move to and spread. So you want any meat to be as freshly ground as possible if you're going to not be cooking it all the way. Okay. If you like your hamburgers on the rare side, then this grinder is going to make it so things are a lot safer. That's one reason, okay? Another reason is you know exactly what is getting ground. You go to the store and you buy pre-ground meat, and that could come from like 17 different cows because they grind all bunch of cows and then put it into probably a tank that squirts it into a big tube or a thing that ejects it into patties for you and they freeze it, then you go buy it at the store, right? I know what part of the cow it's coming from if I buy a cut of meat and I grind it and I can control about how much fat goes in there too. So those are really good reasons to grind your own meat if you are mindful about that kind of thing. If you're not, I'm definitely not judging you. Not all of us have time to grind our own meat and learn how to do that. It's not hard, but it is hard to clean up. Man, grinding meat is so messy. You just get sticky, greasy film on everything you touch when you are grinding meat. And it sticks to the grinder quite a bit. That's why it's nice to be able to pop this thing in the dishwasher. However, this particular grinder, the ChopRite 2, <laughs> which is made in America, it is way too heavy to put in your dishwasher, I think. I would say this thing is at least five pounds. It is not that big. I don't have a scale. Uh, it's probably more than five pounds. This thing is like... Listen to that. This thing is heavy duty. So I'm going to be playing around with this meat grinder later. I'm going to have to grind two different kinds of meat and all of these eight grinders. And I'm also going to grind some vegetables in there. You can grind other stuff besides meat in a grinder. If you've ever heard of pimento cheese, which is a southern specialty, it's like a cheese spread made with ground up cheddar cheese and pimentos and mayonnaise usually, they would run the cheese through a meat grinder. I think nowadays you can put it in the food processor, but you would run your cheese through a meat grinder. What else? Oh, sometimes I like to run vegetables through it if I'm going to make like a sauce bolognese. So instead of mincing all the vegetables by hand, I will run them through a meat grinder and then run my meat through the meat grinder, right? It's double duty. I learned how to use these things when I worked in, when I was in cooking school and then in restaurants, there were some times when it was handy. Let's say I'm making mushroom ravioli. I can cook my mushroom filling and instead of having to chop it up really finely beforehand, I can just cook pieces of mushrooms 
And once the filling has cooled down, I can run it through the grinder, a clean grinder, not one that I just ground meat in, run it through a clean grinder. And that saves me a lot of chopping. So it gets things the texture you want. Cranberry relish for Thanksgiving, a raw cranberry relish is another thing I like to run through the meat grinder. Grinding cranberries is really cool. They make this fun popping sound. It's totally different than grinding meat. That is the rundown. Um, If you're curious about this grinder and its performance and you want to learn more about meat grinders, look at Serious Eats. That's the website I'm going to be doing this review for. I don't usually talk about my specific internet venues, do I? I like, I like to be a little bit mysterious, but I also don't want to deprive you of information. It's a cool website. If you like really nerdy, well-informed, in-depth articles about how cooking work works, Serious Eats is a terrific website to check out. Um, I'm going to scoot on out and we're going to move on to the next segment of the show. You are listening to the Stuck at Home show with your pal and mine, Sarah Bird. I'm here in my basement looking at some video cassettes, some VHS tapes. I don't even know what VHS stands for. I have I have a VHS player. I don't have a television, but I don't want to get rid of these. They're really covered with dust. We had some work done on our basement, on the foundation, and... The contractors didn't tell us we needed to cover up our precious things, like my my VHS tapes. Didn't tell me I needed to cover my videotapes with a tarp to protect them. So here we've got Train Spotting. This is a actually bought this. Probably bought this at Amoeba in San Francisco, or or maybe in Ohio. This is this is a movie I really adored for a long time. Still love that movie. Here is another purchased video cassette. This is Lifestyles of the Ramones, and it is videos from 1980 all the way to 1990. Some uh, some pretty fun, pretty cheesy, actually, but I love the Ramones. Not going to get rid of that. Oh, speaking of Ramones, this is another purchased video cassette, Rock and Roll High School, Roger Corman and the Ramones. This came out in, what, 80, 81? It's a pretty, pretty fun movie, really cheesy Primo B movie. And I think that's most of the purchased ones because, nope, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Not surprised at all. Showed that one to my kid when she was five. Maybe not the best idea. I don't know. Here's one. Here's one. This is a relic that says in my teenage handwriting on permanent marker on the label, it says, use this and die. Use this and die. I had to take it apart because it got jammed. Tape got all jammed up in the player. And I took it apart, so there's like a band-aid almost, right? Because uh, the, the case cracked. But I fixed it. This was liquid television. I mean, it still is. If I put this and played it right now, um, it would it'd be some great liquid television episodes. This is gold. Not going to get rid of that. No way. We also have some cassettes of... Oh, this is me appearing on HGTV in 2004. <laughs> I was on a show called Smart Solutions. That's pretty fun. We have some Art of the Western World that came out, I think, in the 80s. It was a PBS show about the art of the Western world. Beavis and Butthead Christmas Special 1995. Oh, man, those are rare. So you can buy Beavis and Butthead episodes on DVD, but they don't have the original music from all those videos. And man, the the videos are really what makes the show funny, right? So I have another tape here, Beavis and Butthead, Maranathon. These also have some vintage commercials of the time, and they're they're amazing. 
Speaking of MTV, we have 120 minutes from 1992. This is, uh, I labeled this with tape. It says, The Statue Got Me High and Donna Donna. So that's a They Might Be Giants song from Apollo 19, I believe. And then Donna Donna is Too Much Joy. So I must have been, well, I know, I, it's not I must have been. I was definitely very excited about those songs being on there. I used to love They Might Be Giants. Also, here's another 120 minutes tape. This one is labeled... Hey, who's that playing the ta- the guitar, right? That was another They Might Be Giants song from the same album, uh, The Guitar. That was another song on there. We got some some skating, skating tapes. Here we go. Wheels of Fire, Santa Cruz. These are all my ex-husbands. Intermission, that's a Channel One. These are really quite rare. Most of these he has because he was on them. He used to skate. He still does quite a bit. He was a... Uh, he was on a flow team for, I don't know, some skate company. This is 1281. I don't even know what that is. What else? We have a NSA Skateboard Contest Volume 5. This is Sure Grip International Presents Summer Sessions, 1985. Video Days. This is Jason Lee. Really, really young Jason Lee. Wow. Like, whack when he skateboarded. Uh, oh, a lot of Simpsons. A lot of Simpsons I taped. These are episodes that I edited the commercials out of, right? At the time, I thought I was doing a real service to myself, and now it's not really the Simpsons episodes I want, it's it's the commercials. So maybe I'll find myself a TV and, and hook up that video player and, and watch some of this stuff, right? Good times. Beavis and Butthead Marathon. Pretty sweet. Nothing to do tonight? Then watch the Marathon. It'll be just like joining Beavis and Butthead for a sleepover. Bring marshmallows if you want any s'mores. <laughs> and, um, oh yeah, and a getaway car. <laughs> and some rubber. And uh, that's about it. Yes, that's all you'll need to watch the Beavis and Butthead Marathon beginning tonight at 10. Hey, I'm out of the basement, made it out of there alive. I escaped the cave of forgotten dreams. I'm going to go back and go through all of my tapes again properly one of these days, but I just walk past them every time I make it out to my garage, which is attached to the basement. Doesn't seem like that makes sense, but that's how it is in our house. And every time I go past those tapes, I'm like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta take care of these because they are really important to me. They are a treasure chest of memories that I'm not going to be able to replace at all. Some of the movies, yeah, like I can watch Train Spotting again. I could probably stream that if I wanted to. Some of this stuff, though, it's really hard to find on video cassette. And I was thinking about how ideas spread and how ideas are preserved and the very, very different manner that happens today versus when when I was young and maybe when you were young. We didn't even have a VCR in my family until maybe I was 12. So if I wanted to watch a TV show, I had to be around and the TV show had to be on. There, there are two factors there. You couldn't watch things on demand and you couldn't tape them, or record them to watch them for later. On a side note, did you like how I forgot the word VCR? I, I said video player earlier. The word VCR just vanished from my brain, but I do have a VCR. I don't have a TV. That's not because I'm a snob. I just don't watch TV ever. I've watched so much television in my life, I kind of don't need to have one anymore. I'm a busy lady. I'm busy all day long. And to relax, I like to read. And then I just I just pass out. But all of the, the thousands of hours of television I've consumed in my life, they're all inside me. They're all alive. And when I look at those videotapes, 
they they just spring back. So one of these days I'll I'll watch some of them again, but I can't get rid of them. I was thinking about the skate videos in particular. Now, I didn't grow up skating, but my ex did. And he was a kid of the 80s. He was a California kid in the 80s. And when you were skateboarding, the way that you spread ideas around besides hanging with your friends, you couldn't just turn on the TV and watch skating. You had to go skate, watch your friends skate, or you watched videos. That is how things got around. That's how you saw your idols do their tricks. It was like a magazine you can watch. I think videos are still vitally important to skateboarding. My ex still does videos um, on his phone, right? And then he'll post them to Instagram and he follows a bunch of people and He's 50 years old and he's still out there skating. And that's because this was part of who he is. So these really rare tapes uh, for the different skate companies put out, they are part of him. So I really need to set those aside and make certain they get back to him. And, and if he wants to get his own VCR, then he can do that and watch these. I also found a video cassette that he had filmed with a borrowed camera of their family Christmas party, which they would rent a a hotel banquet room and have this big Christmas party every year. I think um, either on Christmas Day, it was like right after church or something. And he walked around with a camera and filmed all these people and interviewed them. It's families on there. And I want to make certain his family has that. I think that's a, a really important piece of history because you couldn't just record stuff before. When we got a VCR, I think I probably went bonkers. So my favorite tapes are the ones that I recorded myself. Sometimes I would program them. Sometimes I would be up like watching 120 minutes. And that's another thing about how information gets around. So I grew up watching MTV and that's how I found out about music. I'm from a small town. I didn't have a cool older brother I didn't have a clique of friends who introduced me to cool things. I loved my friends. I'm still friends with them. But they didn't listen to the kind of music that I was drawn to, even though I didn't even know I was drawn to this music, right? I had to just flounder into it by watching hours and hours of music, television. And once I started watching 120 Minutes, which is where they showed the indie videos or alternative videos, I, I found my place. I was like, this is it. Maybe you used to watch Yo! MTV Raps or Headbangers Ball or all three of those. There's a lot of crossover in some of this stuff. That's how I found out about music. And it was worth watching 120 minutes. You would have to stay up until, what, midnight to just start watching. And then it was over at 2. And I was kind of a, oh, it was on Sunday, right? Sunday night at midnight. You had to be super committed to watch this show. I would program the VCR, but sometimes I would stay up and watch it too. Back then, it was hosted by this guy, Dave Kendall. Um, Eventually, this like dipwad Louis Largent took it over, and it got way more grunge-centric. But I learned a lot about different bands from watching this show, and a lot of these bands I still still love today, right? So you got to keep these tapes. Maybe I'll transfer them to another thing, make them into DVDs. I don't know. I mean, if they burn in a fire. I threw them all in a dumpster. I would I would still live a high quality life. I like to winnow them down. I probably don't need that trans, train spotting tape anymore, right? But um, I don't know. Do you guys have old tapes around? What's on them? Are there any tapes that you wish you had still? Is there like 
a tape that's lost. Go ahead and hit your dude up on the tweets. I'm never on Twitter. I have an account, but I'm not on it because I just, uh, it's like TV, right? Like, I just kind of don't, don't seem to click with it these days. Anyway, uh, let's take a break for a moment. 20 minutes. Dave, conjunctivitis King Kendall with you for the second 60 of 120 minutes. More conversation with The Farm is on the way. American Music Club, The Cult, and lots more. This is still that stuck-at-home show. Savor it while you still have the chance. And your knees can't take the pound. So hard running is out. And you got arthritis in your neck. And you've got calcium deposits on most of your joints. So what we'll be calling on is good old-fashioned blunt force trauma. Horsepower. Every time you hit him with his shot, horsepower. Horsepower. It's good old-fashioned blunt force trauma. Horsepower. Horsepower. Heavy-duty cast iron pile-driving punches. Horsepower. Horsepower. Blunt force trauma. Yeah. Let's start building some hurting bombs. Hey guys, it's time for the HPI Horsepower Initiative, and I'm feeling a little bittersweet about this one. It's like it's the HPI swan song. Things are changing up. Things are looking better, just like we have been promised they're going to look better, and things aren't going to get better all at once, but pretty soon I'm going to get that vaccine, and by the time I do, every other adult who can access it will have will be able to get the vaccine too. So by then I'm gonna start going to the gym again. I might be able to do roller derby in six months. I can walk around and feel great about stuff. Although I live in a small town so I've been able to walk around and not have to have my mask on all the time and all those things. But things just they feel different. And the way you feel has a lot to do with how you're motivated. And I don't know that we're gonna need HPI the way we used to. The Horsepower Initiative, it's like inside of us now, right? It's inside of us. Man, it has really helped me stay motivated though. I have been rowing away on my rowing machine and messing around with those medicine balls, but it's sunny outside now and I am back on my bike. I want to tell you a little bit about riding bikes. You probably don't need me to tell you about riding bikes. You've probably been doing it since you were a little kid, but if you've had a break, from it for a number of years and you haven't been on your bike but you still have one I think you should get back on that bike because you know what riding bikes is super duper fun it makes you feel alive it makes you feel really connected with your community because the way you take information in when you're riding a bike isn't the same as it is when you're driving a car or or even when you're walking I ride my bike as a means of transportation, also as a means of entertainment and a means of exercise. Now that the weather's a little warmer here in Ohio, I am riding my bike to my office. I have a co-working space and I I reserve the conference room because nobody else is using it. And I work in the conference room when I'm there because people don't wear masks. So I have the conference room all to myself. It's all nice and safe and I, I hog it up. It's like two miles to get there. And then I bike two miles back and sometimes I add some things onto it. And it's a pleasant ride and it's like me getting to work, but also 
me getting my exercise in too. So sometimes I'll have a total of a bike ride that might be about eight miles, which is not that long, but it's enough to feel like I did a thing during the day. Even even if I don't add anything to it and I just do the basic bike ride to and from my office, I still did a thing. And I'm not fast on my bike. I don't I don't tear stuff up on that bike. I ride bikes like a granny. I have a new bike now though. I got one uh, last summer. Last summer, I had a bike before that that had gears, but they never they never switched right, right? Like I would try to shift gears and the chain always jumped no matter what. And I thought it was because I was bad at riding bikes. And I thought, how can I be bad at riding bikes? I used to be okay at riding bikes. I might be slow, but I knew how to shift gears. I decided to get a new bike and guess what? The problem was not me. The problem was my cruddy old bike. So I have this new bike now and I named it Foxy Blue because it's a foxy blue color. It's like a hybrid street bike and mountain bike. It's got the knobby tires. I can't remember how many speeds it has. Enough. Enough. It's not like a highfalutin bike. It's a super solid, very nice bike. I'm I'm very happy with it. And it's a lot easier to ride my bike around town without putting myself out now because I can shift the gears and not be all pokey going up hills. I ride on the street. I don't ride on the sidewalk. I ride on the street because where I live, it's a lot easier and safer to do that. It's actually safer in most instances to ride your bike on the street. That's because when you're riding on the sidewalk, cars aren't looking out for you. They're they're looking out for other cars and other pedestrians, but they're not they're not looking for bikes on the sidewalk. So if they are turning into an alley or a driveway, they're not expecting to see a bike. But if you're in the road, you're a little more visible. I also make certain I wear my helmet. I have blinky lights on there. Um, also, it's a foxy blue bike, so it's really noticeable. And I just try to be as safe as I can on the road. But sometimes I have some fun because I am a little slow. And people just have to deal with it. They just have to deal with it. You know what it's like when you're driving and somebody's biking on the road and it's totally legal, but you're like, oh, gosh, man, I'm going to have to wait until I can pass this person safely. Some people don't do that. Some people get behind you and they're like, these big old fart trucks. You know what I'm talking about. I hope you don't have fart trucks where you are, but we have them where I am. They're unnecessarily large, dark trucks. Usually the windows are tinted and sometimes they have big flags flapping out of the back. I I don't like fart trucks and I love making them upset. So when I'm on a bike and they're behind me rubbing their engine, I'm like, bring it on, bring it on jerk face. So that's been my most recent horsepower initiative thing. Riding out there, upsetting all the fart trucks, wearing my helmet, looking like a granny dork. I'm having a great time with it. And I'm ready to graduate on to the next thing, which is just living life. I hope you're feeling that way too, right? Things have gotten better. And just remember that you being the best person you are, that starts with improving things for everybody. All right. I... I'm so glad I got to do this with you again, and hopefully I'll be back again in some way, shape, or form. I want you to go out and enjoy your life, whatever shape it's taking, because remember, you are part of what makes that shape, right? Like, it's all up to us to make our lives as good as they can be, no matter what's happening around us. Okay, so until then, do the time, don't let the time do you, and that goes with or without a pandemic, all right? I'll see you later, guys. Times seem hard right now, but you gotta believe Things are getting better. Birds are migrating again. Rains are back. Stuff's stuff's getting better. Things are getting better.
This has been an IC Robots Radio production.